morning, good morning. After Hours Live from the Man Cave. What's going on, people? This is Live After Hours from the Man Cave with your host, Terry Wiggs. And your co-host, Mark Hain. co-host, Mark Hain. Man, first and foremost, man, how was your weekend, man? It was cool. It was uh, rainy and sunny. No typical uh, Cleveland weather. So it was cool. <laughs> it, was about the, it was about the same here. It was hot here in Charlotte. We had a, 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 a bad rainy day, but when it started raining, that sun came out. So this past weekend, we had the Kentucky Derby. 145 years of this going. And this horse named Maximum Security was going against a horse Wait. called... Huh? You said the horse's name was Maximum Security? Maximum Security. <laughs> this is the path of the War of Wheel in the final turn in the 145th Kentucky Derby. So, War of Wheel won won the race. So after we watched this race around the fifth the fifteen hole, the fifteen lap rather, they said the horses bumped and touched and Kentucky Derby. The wind came into maximum security. So when I heard the name Master Security won the race, he secured his spot for victory. And the guy who was running everything, he said since the since War Will bumped well, Master Security, because War Will won the race. He said the horse, when they bumped into each other, it disqualified the horse from bumping. He said because the War Will was in the, horse, the, in the lane. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. So, watch a horse racing. There's no lane. It's just dirt as far as whenever I score, I watch. It's just dirt. <laughs> so, when he said the horses crossed lanes, and he said, they touched us. I got disqualified that horse. So you're telling me that they, this, this is not in their rule book, first and foremost. Never heard anything like that. They changed the results, Marcus, of the race. They had to wait 22 minutes. you telling me they uh, they did a Steve Harvey? <laughs> did a Steve Harvey oh, with the horse race? Steve Harvey. Yeah, they put a all we call it when you're in the fifth grade, <laughs> rabbit out the head on the <laughs> Like, like, did the jockey was like, yeah, he bumped me. That's in the rules, and it's not in the rules. <laughs> First for me. Right. All for win. Massive security won the race and they already lost. But but get me on this one right here. I'm gonna tickle everybody this morning. All right, race car drivers. They crash into each other before they get to the finish line. So we're gonna disqualify them and, and, be, and get the winner to the person who crashes to the wall first because he made them crash. Come <laughs> on, man. You can't do that. I just don't make that sense was, to me. I just feel like that was a uh, big turnoff this weekend. Especially for the people who had to go down to Kentucky and watch the Derby, and people betting right. on lost money. That's a bad look because you change the right. I know people is heated. Whoever had maximum security winning, they is upset right now, like big, big man. Because I would be. <laughs> yeah, because they went, they went. Maximum security and country and country house. I repeat on that. 
National Security Disqualification. Got disqualified, basically. Got disqualified. Because they said his horse is bumming to the other one. As I thought, I said, I said he was a winner. I'm about to take that back. National Security got disqualified. Now, owner Jerry Williams said Sunday, he is unsure whether to enter massive security in the Preakness as they ponder appealing this historic decision. We also realize that the appeals process could extend beyond the upcoming race at the Palomico in Baltimore. So they got another race to go through, and you telling me these guys change rules on the fly. I've been saying this for years, man. This is all for the moolah, mucha dinero. Money, money, people. People don't understand. Money, not money. Money makes the world go round. They never get it right. So you telling me now we got to worry about the zebras and and, and, and basketball, <laughs> football, or hockey? Now I got to worry and about on a guy who wear. <laughs> worry about a guy who wear a beige coat. <laughs> Potential 
who could have been a potential star were like, were like, who is he? <laughs> like, who is this guy? And they could have had Haskins, who I think could have, uh, I think he's going to be a better quarterback in the NFL than um, this Daniel guy. You know, I don't know too much about him. Um, you know, I ain't, you know, wishing him to fail, but I, I don't think he's better than Danny Haskins. Otherwise, I would have heard something about him. I've heard nothing about him. So I think that's definitely, there's some type of bias there. I, you know, I don't know if it's definitely racial, but it's some type of bias there. I mean, maybe it's racial for the, for the position, you know, at the quarterback position. They didn't want to have a black guy running the quarterback position because they got, you know, OBJ, they, well, they said, hey, OBJ, they got Saquon Barkley. Like, they, they both black guys, you know, so why couldn't they get a quarterback? Yeah, like, the only thing I can realize, I know the Jets drafted Geno Smith, so I know that. We know that didn't work out, but, but when you got at least two or three African-American quarterbacks that could be in your draft easily, and you, Kyler Murray goes to Arizona, so Arizona's on a big football or big football market like I'm talking about like your Californias like that your Texas like te- like those are big cities when it comes to football it's a major market it's just weird because I, when you look at the numbers what Daniel Jones did Dwayne Haskins did that in a year so this is one thing that's going to be the knock on Gettleman get rid of all his good players drafted a quarterback that's uncertain who plays in the ACC getting his head rocked off they're looking at the numbers Yes, he's throwing 300 yards a game and three touchdowns, but look who he playing. Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Wake Forest. Playing basketball schools, man. And you're not going to win like that when you playing schools like that. Like, point blank and period. So I just thought it was, was kind of weird because I thought Dwayne Hassan's for sure going to be in a Giants uniform. He was calling like, yo, I would love to play with Saquon. I would love to come to the Giants working the team around. I just look at those where they drafted Daniel Jones as where if he messes up, Eli Manning can sign another one-year deal contract and stay there. Depending on what type of season he has. Because you get drafted that high, you, you get drafted that high, that means you play right away, week five. Oh, hey. Man, I... Like, Daniel Haskins was in the Heisman running. So it was like, why wouldn't you pick a, a potential Heisman Trophy winner when you see when the, la- the last Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Mr. Baker Mayfield, you saw what he did. Like, right. so even though I know, like, that uh, quarterbacks that win a Heisman Trophy are up and down in the NFL, but for the most part, they do pretty well, especially their first year. You got like, guys like Cam Newton. You got guys like uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, can't think any more at the top of the head right now, but they typically do good they, on their first season if they get the opportunity to play. Whereas, you know, looking at the Browns' history, guys who are like, you know, stretches like, well, is they going to get it? Are they going to be a good quarterback or are they not? Typically don't do well. <laughs> typically don't do well, at least from – a Cleveland Browns fan perspective. <laughs> right. David Gettleman pulled... How can I say this? David Gettleman pulled one of the worst drafts I've ever seen for a quarterback. He almost did what the Browns did when they drafted Brandon Whedon. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. We was doing an Oklahoma State in that Big 12 conference. But when you come and play with the big boys... That's a whole different thing. And like I said, Daniel Jones playing the ACC, which, which, is, which, which is a basket, which is known for basketball. So if you look at what, probably the best team in that conference in the ACC, you probably have to go with like a, a Miami Hurricanes. But that's what, if, they, if this don't pan out, gentlemen, sorry, bro. They coming for your job, man. You have to get fired if this don't work out. Because the proof is in the pudding. This has your name root all over it. You got swindled by trading OBJ away, older, um, right. Olivia Vernier. You got swindled for Jabril Peppers, who had one good season last year. His last time in the Browns jersey was a sack. That's the best yeah. he played since he's been in Cleveland, just that season. He was more impactful. 
Yeah, he's gonna get big time fired. I mean, yes, huh? <laughs> they definitely do. So yeah, he gonna definitely get uh the boot if this guy don't work out. I mean, if if he do work out, he gonna get all type of praise. But if it don't, his tenure in the Giants uh and head front head office job it will be over abruptly. <laughs> Yeah, cause with with these uh, picks they doing, you know, every, you know, I'm not gonna say all these players, but every, all these players when they get drafted, it's questionable if they all miss. And when when they when they do good, look good, it makes the GM look like he's smart. It makes the coach like he's the best coach of all time. You, the whole thing about drafting players, you just know how to draft. I just don't feel like he did enough due diligence to do their homework on him to say, hey, this is our guy. We're gonna go with him. I feel like the, I feel like it's it's not enough sugar in that pudding to get it right. They missing something there. See sugar in the pudding, huh? <laughs> well, I, I wish them the best. <laughs> All I can say about you know, that. They say it's all. They always say the proof is in the pudding. I just told y'all it was in the pudding. Proof. The proof is. Is this pudding sweet enough to get the Giants over the hump? That's the proof I'm talking about is in the pudding. Before we, I'm going to switch it up. We have some basketball games on this past weekend. Yes, it was some doozies out there. We had a, a quadruple overtime, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Denver Nuggets. Before the series started, I told you I had the Nuggets in six. You said you had who was taking who, Marcus? Portland. You was taking on Portland. And I keep saying you cannot. I said the whole X factor of this series is going to be either be who's going to step up for these teams. I said Willie Barton need to step it up big, too, if they want to win. I said, and definitely, Paul Millsap. I said, Paul Millsap is the X factor to get these to get this team over the hump. I said, if he can get you 17 and 11, they will win the game. And so far in these last couple of games, that's what he's been giving you now. So he must have heard it. He must have heard the podcast. Listen, like, yo, man, tell you what, I need to play better than this. I can't be giving my team four points and lose an effort. He's 34 years old. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> he's 34 years old. He's the he's the oldest player out there for both teams in the starting lineup. So he got to play like that savvy veteran to get these teams over the hump. So I'm looking at what he did in that quadru- in that quadru- in that quadruple overtime as where they lost. And I thought it was a good game, man. That was a good game, definitely a good game. When you when you look at it. Paul Millsap gave you 17 points and 13 rebounds in a losing effort. He couldn't miss in them overtime, in the third and fourth overtime. He couldn't miss. Nikolai Jokic played 65 minutes with 33 points, 18 rebounds, and 14 assists. I always said to myself, watching him, I said, when I was doing my thing on the YouTube, I said, yo, Nick, the Denver Nuggets are one of the teams you want to watch out for with that young piece, Nikolai Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Gary Harris. That's their nucleus right there, those three guys. Everybody else beat off them, but when you added that veteran with Paul Millsap, and I told I told Tony, I said, look, man, I said, watch out for the Denver Nuggets. They got Paul Millsap. They probably won't make the playoffs. When they first got him last year, they probably going to miss the playoffs probably a game or two. I think about next year they can get the chemistry down real fast to go, go through a full summer and understand the spots on the floor. So this team will be reckoned with. Not only a team be reckoned with, they lose. I think they lose the last game of the season to the Golden State Warriors for the first place. So if they right. won that game, they'd have been in in the first. And, they, and all and everybody that comes, the playoffs will go through them. The Western Conference will go through them. Nobody don't want to play up there in that altitude. I keep telling y'all, five thousand two hundred eighty <laughs> feet. It's the six man. It's no joke. It's no joke. Yeah, be going up there, be short of breath. Everybody, everybody who played there, they just be short of breath. <laughs> right. 
you're going to need your Marshawn Lynch ventilation mask for that. It's going to get ugly. As Portland, as Portland lost last night, as, we, as they lost last night, both teams was hitting and everything. I still think that missing pieces, Joseph Nurkic, is almost just like Nikolai Jokic. They can, they can do the same thing. Nick, they can do almost the same thing. But I think Nikolai Jokic is a little bit better. A little bit better. He does more. He's a finesser, man. Like I said, 13 points from Gary Harris. You got 34 and 9 with Jamal Murray, who is coming to his own. I'm gonna put I don't want to pump the brakes. I'm gonna just go a little bit five miles per hour or more on this. Is Jamal Murray becoming a superstar in this league? Is he becoming his own budding star in the rightful way since we watching him on the NBA playoffs? Like I said, I had lead pass, Marcus. What do you think? You think he's becoming that that flower and break boom and come that star and take it to the next level? <laughs> I mean, based on these last, you know, that quadruple overtime, quadruple overtime game, and then this game last night, I think the answer to that is a is a yes. Oh, I love it. Yes, it's a yes because he's like two consecutive back to back thirty point games. Mm-hmm. You know his um his off his shooting ability is, I think, is up there with the top shooters in the league right now. I mean, he's, he's just so consistent, especially with that that, that unorthodox floater. It seems like it go in every time, every time. If he's going to the lane and he get like right there in that paint area, it's like it's a wrap. If he if he shoot that floater, it's like well, that's that's cash. Right. Every his, time he does instant, that's automatic buckets. Right. His floater remind me of Bugs playing the backyard. Look, we got a we got a homeboy. <laughs> we got a homeboy that plays basketball in moccasins back in the day. <laughs> basketball shorts and moccasins. <laughs> Boog will get out of five shots. Boog gonna give you two floaters off the wrong foot. And it'll, you don't know if it's a jump shot or a floater, but it go in just like Jamal Murray. Perfect example. Uh, I've never seen a two foot floater that looks Every like time. a jump shot. And it's sweet because it goes straight in every time. Nothing but net. Just like Jamal Murray. I swear every time Jamal Murray shoot that thing, that ball go in. Nothing but net. It don't hit no orange. It go in. Right. Sometimes it barely hit the net. It seems like like the net barely moves. Like, dang, did that even go in? <laughs> right. And, and look at this overtime. You're looking at Mo Harkless and the Portland Trailblazers. If they can give you, if Mo Harkins can give you 15 points and 10 rebounds, yes, that leads to win. But the whole thing about this team, Terry Scott's got to tell his young, his young warriors, hey, play like this every night. Play hungry. Don't come to the table just with forks and knives and expect to eat with no food on your plate because it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can't come to the table the day you're going to eat if you got a fork and a knife with no food on your plate. The presentation look good. Yeah, go out there and play so we can't eat. So, after we meet them, I take the 12 rebounds and four assists and see they got the win. Ernest Kettner, 18 and 15, with a separated shoulder. He's playing basketball with a separated shoulder. All right, right. It's Rip City, all right. That shoulder's ripped. <laughs> it's Rip City. That shoulder's ripped. CJ, CJ McCullough, man. So, watching Game of Thrones the other night. He posted something about the, the, about the Night King. He said he the Night King on the floor. I started laughing. I was like, dude, do he know the Night King got defeated by Arya in Game 7 with three seconds left on the clock because she's about to get crushed? So, <laughs> so he called himself the Night King. Be careful what you wish for because right now the Night King on the, on the, on the uh, Denver Nuggets looking like Nikolai Jokic. He okay. If they're going to win to the next series. Damian Little with 28. Six and, and six and eight, but I want to. I'm gonna this person. We already know Dame Dollar and CJ Bully McCullough. We know they're gonna give you that work. That's what Loda Luck say. Come get this work. They gonna give you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people out there talking about who is Loda Lux. If y'all don't rap URL rap battles, that's Loda Lux, man. You gonna get this work. Follow <laughs> me now. But the person I want to shout out, man. We was talking about it, texting. Tweeting, this man name is um he were number five for the Portland Trailblazers. His name is Rodney Hood. Rodney, 
when I, when he be playing good, I call him Rodney No Good Hood because <laughs> when he was with the Cavs, he was just no good. But now he now he in Portland. He in another land, Portland. Ooh, and now all of a sudden, ooh, I like that. Okay, okay, okay. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Now all of a sudden he can play. I'm like, we we just needed a game or two, buddy. Like right. this last year, just a come game on. or two. Right. <laughs> Remember, this guy didn't want to come off the bench for Ty Lue. Right. Ty Lue. Listen, this not the Western Conference semifinals, not the Western Conference finals. We're talking about the NBA finals. Could he? I called him last night. You was calling him. You said he when he played bad, you called him no good hood. Right. So, you know, I was calling him Robin Hood because he, he robbed the Cavaliers. <laughs> For sure. I called him Robin Hood, but this time he had no green hood on. Robin Hood. All of a sudden, he gets to Portland. They call him. They call him um, Hoodie Hoodie Man. Oh. I was like, come on! I'm like, he get a nickname, but this guy can come off the bench for the Cavaliers, like you said. He goes from Cleveland to Portland. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. No good hood was no good in the hood for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Look, <laughs> right. you know. The Cavaliers playing in the hood. Right behind that stadium is the hood. He wasn't a no show. They had an APB out of him. He goes to Portland, play in the suburbs, and becomes Robin Hood. It's not like I'm taking you all to church with me, but I'm not taking you all to church. It sounds like I'm preaching. Robin Hood, Rodney Hood, Robin Cavaliers. Because he didn't want to come off the bench in the NBA Finals. But shout out to him. Right. He's doing his thing. You got to praise him. You can't hate. But he was no good in the hood for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nope. All right, like, I'm happy for you, Rodney. I'm going to let you finish with Portland. But you messed up one of the greatest finals of all time. It was just like no shows. No shows. You see, he came into the test and got a zero. Right. Like, dang. Like, what was this, Rod? Another person, I know it's another series, but George Hill, like, Oh, I'm glad you get to that, man. I was about to get to them bucks. <laughs> Come on. I was about to get to Carrier George when I was calling the NBA Finals. <laughs> I was about to get to Carrier George. No disrespect. I'm not calling him a monkey. <laughs> but on the floor for the Cavaliers, he played so curious last year. In the NBA Finals, he didn't know his role. He wanted to do with the basketball. That's why I was calling him Curious George. Oh, man. I'm looking at these guys. Against the Milwaukee Buck, the he's play, he's playing against the Boston Celtics, and I'm looking like man, this can't be. This look like George Hill for the Indiana Pacers. This play right. like George Hill, the San Antonio Spurs. Hey, where they find this guy? Right. I said he get to he get to uh, Cleveland become curious, George. He don't know what to do. He don't know when to score, when to take his shot. But I'm gonna say this though, all honesty to Rodney Hood and to the and the and the George Hill, I'm gonna be one honest. I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I think playing with LeBron James is a hard thing to do because LeBron James is a primary ball handler. LeBron James is an off guard. He's a small four who wants to handle the ball like a point guard. He has to has to trust his point guards. When he trusts his point guards, Marcus, they 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 become they win what? They do. I mean, like I'm thinking about it, like Mario Chalmers. I mean, he's not even he's not even as good as some of those guys. I mean, Kyrie Irving. You know, when Kyrie was there. Mm -hmm. But uh, Mo Williams of the world, uh, George Hills of the world, eh, not so much. (laughs) Not not so much. I'm looking at when he, like when he plays with a point when he plays with a he, when he trusts on point guards in no moments he wins championships. That's what I'm saying, LeBron. You gotta trust the player. It's so random how LeBron James they keep come up in these conversations about the NBA playoffs. We know the NBA playoff viewers are down 20. percent We know that. But NBA right. is for views. I think the highest the, the, the highest rated games right now in the playoffs right now is the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers by a mile. Right, but, and that was. And they came after, like, once they went to that second overtime, I think is when uh, all the viewers start flocking to the game. And when you're looking at a young team like the Portland Trailblazers, 
and the Denver Nuggets. It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> they bring excitement to the game. Sure. That's what I'm seeing from those teams because I, we knew what these teams stand for and what they were going to do once they make a move and become uh, just become just just do something a little bit different. When I'm looking at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, do you feel like the Boston Celtics are in trouble? Uh, I actually don't. Uh, I think this is this series going seven. Mm. Uh, it, along with the other Eastern Conference uh, playoff series going on now with Toronto and um, and Philly, I think they both won seven. It just seemed like both teams are equally matched. Um, I know uh, Milwaukee has found something these last two games. You know, now they're up to one. But I just don't. I just don't see Boston not going down without a fight. And I think they'll get the next game for sure. I think they're winning tonight for sure. And then it's going to be two two. And then whoever wins this game five is who I'm going to pick to win the whole series, regardless of what happened in game six. Whoever wins this game five is going to win the series, in my opinion. Hey, I, before I get in, in deep with the Milwaukee Bucks and the um, Boston Celtics, let me tell you what Rodney Hood did. I'm just going about the Rodney Hood. Because I say his name was okay. Robin. He robbed. He Robin Hood. <laughs> Rodney Hood pulled a Glenn McDonald. And people are like, who in the hell is Glenn McDonald? Glenn McDonald was a professional basketball player. He only played 146 games in the early 80s. Right? A six-foot-six right, right. six guard. Follow me. A six-foot-six guard. Rodney Hood is six-foot-seven. Do I say he pulled the ultimate, the ultimate Glenn McDonald? Glenn McDonald played three seasons for the Boston Celtics. Then he got he didn't show up for the Boston Celtics at all in the playoff game. He gets traded <laughs> to the listen this. He gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Marcus. He traded okay. to the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. He, he traded to the Milwaukee Bucks in game five. He played a huge role in the game five the 1976 NBA final scoring eight points. In the third overtime period, as a Celtics, he played for the Celtics, for the Celtics left to the Milwaukee Bucks. He played for the Celtics and won a championship. He eventually won a championship. They won a championship in six games. Four points per game. You tell me he comes out of nowhere and shows up, didn't do anything, then the president of the teammate comes to Boston, won a championship in three overtime and scored, and scored 10 points. That is the ultimate right here. Glenn McDonald, y'all. Glenn, 1976 World Champions, NBA 70, the NBA, NBA Boston Celtics in 1976, NBA World Champions. That's why I want to say he pulled a Glenn McDonald. Never seen anything like that. Okay. Nothing now, like, for sure. Now, who was Glenn McDonald? Google it. <laughs> you got Google use it. Google. That's all I had to say. But back to these Milwaukee Bucks. Me, you fight like, you fight like this series going seven. Yeah, Me personally, this whole book series, if Milwaukee win this game tonight, it's a wrap, man. They going back home, they're gonna close Boston out. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whoever win the uh, game five. So so this will be game four tonight. Yep. So regardless of what happened in game six and game four, I think whoever wins in game five is going to win the series. So that means if, if Milwaukee win tonight yeah. and then Boston win tomorrow, or, I mean the next day or game five, I'm taking Boston to win it. I know that's right. irrational, illogical, but typically whoever wins game five when a series are close like that, unless it's a 3-1. So yeah, maybe I'll recant that. You can't that I'll edit that out. <laughs> well, well. But, so whoever we so if it's two two, I should say, and whoever win game five, typically going to win the series. Yeah, so if win. Austin don't win tonight, mm -hmm. of course Milwaukee's probably gonna 
Don't take the series. Who, who, all right, if, if Milwaukee win this game tonight, who will win game five? If who going to go up three games first? Normally close the series out. There's a 77% chance that these that this team will win the series. Yeah, unless you're the Warriors. <laughs> so for the benefit of the doubt, I said I had it with it. I said I had it with it. Milwaukee Bucks in six. You right. said seven. Mm-hmm. Right now, Malcolm Brogdon probably gonna be a game time decision. Me personally, I think if Boston if if Boston lose tonight, I think Malcolm Brogdon will come home and play in the game five to close it out. This team is a nutshell on themselves, a nutshell, because. Giannis is still doing what he's doing. Giannis is still getting 30, getting 32 points. They tried to shrink the lane on him, but now he's hitting threes a little bit. He might have sprinkled a three in here and there. And you know, you know, you say when certain people, like certain players in the league score, you feel their points. You feel his points when he scores because eventually he's going to be a dunk or he's going to end one. So he's going to get, he's going he to get a, a three point play out of, out of his points. And he's not a good, he's a good free throw shooter too, which is, is kind of underrated. But you got Chris Milton chipping in with 20 points. I thought, I thought Aaron Blesso played a, played a great game. I, I see him Terry Rozier. I can tangle it up for a second. <laughs> but guess what, Marcus? I got to do it. You know what time it is. Oh, I think it's some donut guy. <laughs> donut guy. Fourteen minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, one assist. Terry. Scary, 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 scary. Yeah, that's scary right there. Right, I know you claim Youngstown, but he's a Cleveland guy. Right. A lot of people don't know that. It's a Youngstown, his hometown, but he's from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, he's from the yellow, but he claimed Cleveland. But right. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the Boston Celtics. I look at Jason Tatum with 20 points, 11 rebounds. You know, Marcus Moore with 16 and 8. Jalen Brown with 18 and 5. You got Al Horford with 17 points. Of course, Kyrie Loki hit his 29. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with the Boston Celtics. I think every since Gordon Hayward came back from the injury, and we, everybody keeps praising Brad Stevens as being one of these great coaches in the, in the league, which he is a great coach, but you got to win a championship to be on that status. You haven't won anything yet here, maybe not the Eastern Conference. There was no LeBron James in the Eastern Conference, and your team is yet still struggling. You have one of the best teams on paper that people was calling y'all the Eastern Conference championship. Right, before the season started. Before the season started. Before the season started. I feel like those guys watching the media, listening to the TV, they was feeding into that. You cannot feed into stuff. It it looks good on paper. You got to win. I'm a Browns fan. Yes, we got Odell Beckham. Yes, we got Livin' Vernon Young. Yes, we got Greedy Williams. Yes, we got Baker Mayfield. Yes, we got Kareem Huff. It looks good on paper. You still have to play the game. You still got to play your opponent to win a game. I think the media and the, and the uh, sports people crowd these guys too fast. The Kawhi Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, a young Indiana team before Victor other people got hurt. They see the series tied 2-2. So just imagine if Indiana would have Victor Oladipo. All right. I think we I think we'll be looking at a, a, a Pacers Bucks semi. <laughs> because you look at where Indiana was losing that they couldn't score in the fourth quarter. They had stretches where they couldn't score six to eight points. They had leads of about twelve points. They could they wanted on the scoring draw with eight minutes in the fourth quarter. That's a lot of minutes taken off the off the clock. Then you know you up by twelve. Now you get blown up by twenty three. Just imagine. So back to the the the, the Celtics. Where I feel like this team messed up is, like I said, Brad Stevens. The Gordon Hayward situation is a dicey situation because on that situation, I believe that Gordon Hayward know Brad Stevens ever since his collegiate days at Butler University. Jalen Brown is the lost guy out here in the sauce. He's the lost guy because. You don't know what he's going to do. I'm still trying to figure out why is Gordon Henry playing 30 minutes and getting like three points in ball games, and you got Jalen Brown playing 15 minutes and getting you 10 points. So if you get Jalen Brown getting you 10 points in almost 15 minutes, that means he's getting the bucket per a minute and a half. Right. That's like a points per minute. That's like up there with the, the greats. Right. He's <laughs> a point and a half per minute. 
per he possession plays, or whatever. Exactly. He's a defender too, so he defends. Gordon Harris is get. Gordon Harris is it's in his mind. He's still thinking about that ankle injury. Once he get over the mental part of not trying to play like he hurt and play like Gordon Hayward in Utah, it's a different situation. Right. He has had moments this in these playoffs. He has had moments where it's like that's that's Utah Gordon Hayward, but these last couple of games, he's been a little MIA. Yeah, he had moments by Gordon Hayward of Utah, but he played like the commissioner Gordon of Batman. <laughs> some episodes you see him, some episodes, episodes you don't. You know. <laughs> that's the best one I can put. Right. <laughs> Oh man, facts. <laughs> you play like Commissioner Gordon. Sometimes you see him, sometimes you don't. So, other game the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. How do you feel about this series? Do you feel like this series still may go seven? Do you feel like Houston is still another game? I mean, I think they can. I mean, but that that last game they won, the last like two minutes was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I ever seen like it seemed like Steph and Seth switch skill sets. Like, like, like is that Seth Curry for uh, for the Warriors? Like that's that's definitely not Steph. He getting hung in the last twenty one seconds. They don't foul with like 30, 30 seconds left on the clock. It's like they kind of just gave up. It was weird. I'm like, the Warriors can win this game because Kevin Durant has established to me, like, look, I can take over at any time. There's nobody on the floor as great as me. You know, I can go for 45. I can go for 50. I can't even go for – right. I can go for 60 if I felt like it. So I'm like, oh, they – you know, they was down, like, but they, I felt like they had control. Well, at least Kevin Durant did, had control of the whole game. So when the last two minutes come of uh, that overtime, I'm like, what happened? It seemed right. like they kind of just fell apart. Like, they lost, like all communication ceased. And then, you know, uh, James Harden hit that, that step back three. And I'm like, oh, man, they gave up after that. That's- Piggyback what you saying, though. I'm, I'm going to tell you who showed up to the game. You said Steph as in Portland. I'm going to say Wardell showed up. <laughs> Wardell. Wardell. Follow me, though. Follow me, though. When I say <laughs> Wardell, playoff Wardell step up. Mm-hmm. We ne- I never seen Steph Curry step up in the playoffs. Now, people might say, man, what the heck? What the hell is he talking about? Listen to what I'm saying. Steph Curry and some in big roles shrink against teams that play defense on him. It's a proven fact. In this series alone, look, in this series alone, Steph Curry is shooting 35% from the field. Mind-boggling, right? This That's part, crazy. This is the part where three-point shooters don't want to hear. This guy is shooting abysmal. 25% from the three. He's only taken five two-point field goal attempts. Everything else been threes. He's still trying to shoot threes with a dislocated finger. This is with a dislocated finger and without a dislocated finger. Playoff Steph Curry is now known as Wardell Curry till he shows up and give me a big game. He only he only scorches you when the team is when his team is up by eight and he put in threes. And this is the reason why I see now he's never the finals MVP. Because he doesn't show up for the big moment. Yeah. He got a good team. Okay. Green show up. Clay Thompson been streaky too in these playoffs. We can't we can't get about we can't forget about Spray Spray Thompson. He ain't spraying nothing. Spray no. <laughs> the, juice still, he ain't, the juice is still in the bottle. <laughs> you can't you can't spray nothing if the bottle is closed. He's having a, a, a non-existing rest of the conference semifinals. He has 16 points. He was for 16. Steph Curry, seven for 23 from the field. 
two for nine for the three point line, twenty two percent. This is the kicker right here. Steph Curry's one of the best free throw makers in the league. Four for three from the line. Okay, no man, that's not gonna get done. This team doesn't. Their team bench is not deep enough. They have enough power to beat you without the bench. But when your bench only gives you four to six points in a losing effort, somebody got to step up. Somebody has to step up. Kevin Durant, like you said, is putting his team on his back, 46 points. Like you said, he's the only player out there on the floor that feel like he can go off any time. Like you said, right. he can go off at 60 and, and still have a point. But when you, <laughs> when, when you got Iggy out there giving you 16 points and five rebounds, they have to have five. All, like I said, the ingredient is, I said it before, Marcus, if you want to beat the, the Golden State Warriors, go watch. 3-1 deficit when, they, when the Cavaliers came back. Look how they play defense on Steph Curry. We know shooters do not want to be tough. They don't want to, nobody to play defense on them because they want space. Rough them up a little bit. He's playing with a dislocated finger. He, that's his guide hand. That's why the shots is not falling right because he needs that pressure a little bit on that on that, on that that finger to get, get the ball to the rim. He can still go off, but it ain't going to be the same. It's in his head and his finger is hurt. He's a shooter. Shooters think like that. But the way they lost this game, Marcus, you cannot give up 33 points in the second quarter to the to the Houston Rockets. And they gave up 33 twice. Third, second to third, then they got smoked in overtime, 14 points and nine. If you want to beat the the, the Golden State Warriors, stop complaining to the referees, please. The Golden right. State Warriors came out and said they don't complain that much about the calls, stuff like that. And Steve Kerr was mocking Draymond Green. He said he was flopping, but as he got poked in the eye, still didn't apologize. But Steve Kerr, you've been a bench role player your whole life. You know what it takes to get some pieces to come off the bench. So you tell me about you being a former point guard off the bench. You tell me you can't find no great guys that got some charisma and stigmatism about themselves that come out here and get buckets. You play for the Bulls. You play for the Spurs and won championship. You tell me you can't find another shooter. Hey, a surprise. Monte Ellis out there. Why don't I give him a call? Right. The Mississippi Bullet. They need. They, he can help a team help them out. I'm surprised nobody picked him up during the season. Like they could have been. That's a guy who need to be signed. A lot of guys out there that can help him out. You can. You tell me you can't call Mario Chalmers. They out, there's guys out there. There's guys out there that, that you can use. Everybody's all, everybody's so caught up in analytics. Analytics don't win you championships. Players do. Coaches, mm-hmm. GMs, owners. Stop listening to analytics. Those are overthinkers. <laughs> yeah, players that win games. Players win games, not analytics. It looks good on TV. Statistically, but players win games. Gordon Harrell went off a of 30. I mean, Eric, I mean, sorry. Eric Gordon went off a of 30. 7 for 14 for the three point line. PJ Tucker. PJ, you know what we call him? PJ. PJ, I got all the shoes. Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> who played stellar and played defense, who commanded the middle, made them play. Cliff Capilla played like Cliff Capilla. Now you can wear that, now you can wear that blonde patch in your head. Now you got 13 points and 11 rebounds. He's playing impactful. He's dangerous when he's running the floor and attacking the basket. They don't have no answer for him, really. James Harden did doing James Harden things. 41 points, 9 rebounds, and assists with the red blotch in his eye. <laughs> with the red blotch. Right. Kano, Kano James Harden. <laughs> Kano. Okay. Iman Shumper sighting. Shump man, shump man. Yeah, that's yeah. me. All right. Now that's one that's one guy who played uh how he played in Cleveland. I'm like, oh that's show that's the same show from Cleveland right there. <laughs> right. This time at the box top. Now he's looking real scruffy. Got a Chicago thing going on. Shump man, shump man, yeah, that's me. Step into the plate, get you ten points, any play defense. Now, you're looking at that game, CP3 gives you fourteen points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out why Chris Paul cannot crack this 20 ball. I don't know. Yeah, it is, man. All right, we ain't seen a, a 2010 game from uh, Chris Paul yet in these playoffs. Right. That's like his trademark. 
And I'm looking at for the Houston Rockets. Mark, I'm sorry, man. I got to do it. I got to do it. Oh. You know what time it is. A donut guy. Gerald Green. Oh, uh, uh, Houston. Not H-Town Finest. H-Town Finest, <laughs> a.k.a. Little Juvenile. Back that thing up. Gave zero points in six minutes. What's out there, too, is a meaningful minute, though. Over three. With three rebounds. We need... People don't understand how valuable benches are in the NBA playoffs. You need these guys. You need these guys to pick up the slack because they make it that much different a difference out there to come up with a game plan and start guarding for these guys because you want to have it where you got a game plan for everybody. The Warriors only game plan for uh for Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and James Harden. That's it. They're not worried about no PJ Tucker scoring. Definitely not. Like they don't even check him. Like that's up check. <laughs> I thought Austin Rivers was stepping up, earned his check. Play, gave you 27 minutes, gave you eight points and four and four rebounds, and he's knocking down key threes. You need that. That's what, that's what role players do, man. You need him to give you that every night. But James Harden is, is that one. Like you said Kano. You said with James Kano Harden. I call him the red blotches on. Right. <laughs> Doing the thing. Before we go, we definitely get into. We know we know Portland took care. Of, Portland got taken care of at home against the Denver Nuggets. Paul Millsap gave you 21-10. Nikolai Jokic, another triple-double. Gary Harris showed out. Jamal Murray and Willie Barton. I said Willie Barton's when the glue guy out. I love when he came back from the injury. I thought he was going to be the, the key to the piece to this team to get them over the hump. And Portland has to play better if they want to win. I mean, Damian Lillard is a bullseye shooter. Not knocking him. TJ McCullough, bullseye. But Steph Curry last night. Well, I mean, he went ham. He scored. He won an 11 overall by himself. Right, I'm gonna say he got he switched he switched with his brother. I'm like that's Steph, that's Steph right there, <laughs> that's Steph right there. <laughs> you know he is the better three point shooter than his big brother. That always go unnoticed. Big brother outside of little brother because he don't have the hardware. But the proof is in the pudding. I told you. Now we put the sugar in it, gave it a little taste. Now the food color in it. Now we got to turn it brown. Let it chill for a minute. You wake up and eat it and become Steph Curry. 11 points in the third quarter for the Portland Trailblazers. Still wasn't enough to get them over the hump. They got a lot of homework to do, too. But before we wrap this up, Toronto Raptors and 76ers. I saved it for last. Uh-oh. I said, Marcus, you probably quote me from I said, if they want to win, I said, who got to play good? Kyle Lowry, Faka, yep. and Mark Gasol. And all three of them showed up. They all they showed are, up. There was like Kyle six, like six points the first two couple games. <laughs> he was three for three going in until he missed his first shot. Gave me 14 points, take it, six rebounds, and seven assists. When they win games, he gave you seven plus assists. That is a fact. When they definitely win games, they give you, when, he, when they win games, he gave you 12 plus. And tight game situations. Danny Green showed up. Finally, 11 points. I said, all you got to do is make sure a lot of these guys score within 12 to 15 point range. Serge Ibaka played good. 12 points, 9 and 9 rebounds. I take that. I take that. Right. Osaka, where was you at? Seattle, where was you at? 9 points, 3 rebounds. You can tell you turn out to with the calf muscle. I much respect. You probably on a strained calf muscle. And the team still won a victory. And you still played defense and came up with a, with a clutch steal in the closing moment of the game. You sealed the game too as well. But this right, guy was right. Kawhi the Claw Leonard. As I call him, basically, I call him Skinner Leonard. A lot of people call him Claw. <laughs> I call him Skinner Leonard, like the rock band, like the rock group. Yeah. Skinner Leonard, man. Beast mode out there. 39 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. I'm going to steal these words from Marcus when he texted me. He said, you said Kawhi Leonard willed his team to victory. It was almost yep. Jordan. It was almost Jordan-esque. Yeah, he basically did it on his own. I'm like, man, he ain't really get like he got help from uh, you know, like we just said, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. You know, they did better, <laughs> but they still didn't play up to what their potential was. And he did most of the heavy lifting. Every time the Sixers got close or they went up, Mike mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard coming down, either doing you know the the George Irvin esque uh, finger rolls, or he finishing over top with the claw with the claw. 
Man. Home in the ball. <laughs> hey. We, we, people in Cleveland call a Austin Carl Mr. Clutch. Man, Mr. Clutch is looking like uh, Kawhi Leonard. Never <laughs> seen a guy so poised, so poised other than Michael Jordan and Kobe to come down and shoot threes, hands all in his face, take the body contact, finish in once. Man, this guy has – people say, what is it? You know what it factor is? It's, just, it's called DNA. He has a blood of a cold killer. No smirk on his face. No nothing. No, not, just a blank face, look regular, and ready to go play ball. Kawhi Leonard is the example of what is it. DNA called blood of a killer. No face makers. I'm looking at here, Jimmy Butler with 29 points and 11 rebounds and 4 assists. Wasn't enough. Tobias Harris. Jimmy was trying points. to say today. He was. <laughs> he was. He get that lucky three off the backboard, too. He didn't even call a glass. I know the bank is closed on Sundays. He didn't call a glass. Right. Tobias Definitely Harris, did. 16 points, 6 rebounds. Had some crucial turnovers, too, late in the third and fourth quarter. Jonah B, I think the jury's out on him. I think he's really hurt. Team don't want to specify what's really going on with Joel and B. I think it's more than the back. I think it's the, I think he has some knee problems. He's not moving the same. This is what happens when you watch all that Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and <laughs> Dragon Ball Z <laughs> on the sideline eating turkey sandwiches while you getting the massage. Oh yeah, I just play basketball and <laughs> I play back hurt and I just want to play. Hulu has like shorts. Ain't playing with that. <laughs> JJ Reddy played good. I thought who else played good too, another bench guy. James Ennis the third, man. It was a good pickup. Nine points, five rebounds. I want to see Jonathan Simmons out there. I still want to see him. What a Popovich guy. Why you not playing him? Certain guys are the players you don't see. This guy bet on himself. Once again, paid five dollars to play in the G League. He needs to be on the floor. But Marcus, before we go, I got I got something for you, man. I got to do it, man. Oh, another got another surprise. We got oh, three. No. Oh no! So we got a so we got a Krispy Kreme donut that still had that we came out the oven. We didn't want to do that to it. This right here, it's that one donut that nobody want to eat. The, this is the donut that you don't want to eat. It's the donut that's just bitten off of. It's been sitting there for the last four days. You ask who is this until you throw it in the trash. It was Mike Scott. <laughs> Whose donut is this? Oh, it's Mike Scott's. <laughs> Zero points in 13 minutes. Everybody keeps saying, oh, oh you know, he's playing with the injury. Throw that injury stuff out the window. Everybody's hurt. Everyone. Everyone is hurt. No excuses. Tired of it. Everybody's hurt at this time because you're playing for the ultimate prize. Well, right. He's the Everybody donut guy. a little banged up. Right. A little bit. <laughs> right. But I always say it is my, my guy, Ben, no jumper, Simmons. No 10 jumper. points, 5 rebounds. <laughs> Non-factor. This guy, and look, yes, yesterday he was minus 16. Jordan B was a plus 17. Do, do you know that Ben Simmons is one jumper away from being the best player in the NBA of the league talent? <laughs> do you know every time he away. Do you know every time he gets in the paint, he he put he posts up Kawhi, he looked up finds Kawhi, he looked back, he passed the ball off every time. I never see some nobody's petrified, horrified, terrified. <laughs> damn jumper. Damn. Shoot the damn ball. Just, just shoot the shoot the J. Shoot it. Shoot the J. <laughs> Let me say it one more time. Ben, no jumper, Simmons. 10 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. It's horrified, petrified, terrified to take a damn jump shot. Shoot the <laughs> damn ball. How your point guard don't shoot? Everybody keeps talking about, yeah, Rondo. Hey, Rondo got a ring. Rondo, Rondo not scared to shoot the ball. Rondo right. take threes. Rondo shoot a two-pointer. He don't care if he shoot an air ball. Guess what? He come back down and shoot another one. I bet he cash money. This sucker don't want to shoot the ball. So on that note, Ben no jumper Simmons. I'm horrified, petrified. It's this, this, this thing <laughs> called in the in, in the off season. Go somewhere to a gym by yourself. You and a trainer. Lock yourself in there. Take about ten thousand jump shots a day. I guarantee you, you'll find some gold in that dirt. Cause right, right. now that dump, that jumper is dirty. You need to wash it off a little bit. Go shoot around ten thousand jump shots. I, I guarantee. I guarantee. But you'll come back better than ever, baby. And until next time, folks, on the next episode of 
Philadelphia 76ers G. I'm going with the Raptors to wrap these guys up like tacos on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> we out here. I'm Tay Wiggs. This is Mark Sayer. We out. Peace. Yay! Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.